we're back here at Imperative MX and ImperativeMX.com for another special edition episode. I am your host, Zach Newberry. Thank you for joining us on this new edition preseason pod where we would discuss the 2023 Pro Motocross Championship starting this Saturday for round number one at Fox Raceway. Now that the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship has come and gone, it is time to go outdoors. Before we dive into this pre-race Fox Raceway round number one bench talk and predictions of the 2023 Pro Motocross Championship here at Imperative MX, we have to say thank you to all of the sponsors on board. West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydropower, Mika Metals, and PR Motorsports. We will get more into these awesome companies here throughout this pod. But with the hype coming into this pro motocross season, you guys already know that we have to bring in the 2011 District 29 C-Class champion, co-host Heavy D. What's going on, Heavy? Oh, dog. You know, ready for the great outdoors. Dude, it is here. It is unbelievable that Supercross is already over. Oh, dude, I swear it went by so fast. In like a blink of an eye. Oh, yeah, dude. It was like, bam, done. And And now, it's time for the outdoors. It is time for the great outdoors. It is time uh, for the real grind. Personally, my favorite. I love Supercross. I love the indoors. I love the feel of Supercross, but something about the outdoors and I guess just my racing background, um, I just know the grind and, you know, obviously know, uh, you know, a thing or two about it and have been somewhat in that grind, not all the way, but. I understand that it is a grind going to Bud's Creek uh, there at the end of like August or, you know, whenever it is late August, dude, it is miserable there. It used to be on Father's Day, but now um, High Point is the Father's Day weekend. So when we go to Bud's, it is going to be hot again. And I'm telling you, these guys are going to – put on a hell of a show this year I feel like and uh, we're getting ready to go through uh, the 2022 450 uh, Supercross or I'm sorry Motocross Championship standings and um, you know get into it but before we do there's a lot of money up for grabs during this Super Motocross World Championship and uh, that is now more into into the discussion because Supercross is now concluded, and everybody is now eyeing and looking at this big prize there at the end of the uh, year, Heavy D. Oh, yeah, dude. It's, man, I, like I said, I love the outdoors, dude. To me, it's just, I guess because of the feel and the atmosphere, and it's like, don't get me wrong, like I, I feel like Supercross is um, – it's pretty tough within itself, but dude, outdoors, I feel like it's just a whole nother grind, man. It's like, it's like you, like 
of course you got to work for all of it, but outdoors, man, you really got to work for it like that. That 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 show that shows like what the real grind is about, man. Yeah, that's where the blood, sweat, and tears really, really shows, and that's where I feel like um, I wouldn't say like the man, right? But man, it. I feel like to me, I feel like it's harder than Supercross, but. At the same time, I could see it 50-50, but I just want to say just because of the humidity and the 30 minutes plus two laps on a very gnarly track, like, that is just brutal. But I also understand the technical side of Supercross and your timings and uh, your balance and the whoops and that sort of thing. So, uh, I don't know. What's your opinion on that? No, no. See, I was actually – I was about to agree with you on that. Okay. Just because I feel like, you know, Supercross is, I, I think it's hard, but it's a different kind of hard. Yes. It's, it, you it's know, not, it, like you said, it's. Go ahead. It's, it's, it's more, it's like, like you say, the timing and all that to it. It's like, you got to stay in rhythm the whole time because, like, you know, Supercross is all about rhythm, consistency. You know, don't get me wrong, like outdoors, you can't really, I mean, you don't want to make mistakes, but you can make mistakes in the outdoors and recover from them because of the time and the lanes of the track to where a supercross, you know, it's a bit different. You know what I mean? Like to me, I feel like it's 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 like two different kind of hard, you know. You yeah. got some guys in supercross. I think really the the difference is it's like supercross, are you like willing to have the balls to do the big rhythms and shit like that? Mm-hmm. Outdoors are you like willing to have the balls to hold it wide open for like <laughs> yep. thirty minutes. Yeah, just let those 450 motorcycle or dirt bikes, whatever, motorcycle, dirt bikes, I don't know. Like, some people say motorcycles. Like, I think overseas people say motorcycles, and I think I've kind of caught on to to that, uh, whatever. But I, I don't know. I'm going to ask you, Heavy T, is it like, do, do you care? Or do you understand when you're talking to somebody that does, uh, you know, race in the sport? Is it motorcycle or dirt bike to you? I say dirt bike. Yeah, I yeah I I say motorcycle sometimes and sometimes dirt bike. I don't know. You guys can uh, roast me all you guys want, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but I do understand. Like it is a true grind for each series in different ways. And you stole kind of the words right out of my mouth. What I was going to say, and you can make up time more in outdoors than you can in soupy. Like it's just it's just a it's known you could do that, right? Like you have way more time on the track in so many different sections and, and different things like that. So, um, but you know, now that this super motocross world championship at the end of the year, a lot of money is at stake. Um, you know, that's another reason why Cooper Webb wanted to come back as earlier, you know, as early as expected or then expected. And, um, even, you know, we didn't even know if he was going to plan, uh, you know, plan to race this series at all. Uh, pretty much until yesterday, so um, it's gonna be it's gonna well, be kind of interesting. Well, yeah, it's funny because he said he was supposed to miss a few rounds of outdoors. I thought. Well, and we also talked that you know on the pod that we thought, and from what I had heard from multiple sources oh. that Webb was doing WSX, so. That's what I, I was thinking too. Yeah, so very, very odd for uh, for Coop to come back to this, but I can see him placing very well at the end of the year and grab a pretty good paycheck because he's going to be good by that point, right? So 
Um, maybe that just outweighs what he was going to do to travel the world. I don't know. But um, very, very uh, cool. And, you know, throws another guy in the mix, right? So I could see him, um, just like I tweeted the other day, that I said, you know, he is going to start slow, just like he did in 21 when he got the hangover from uh, Supercross or just wasn't, you know, wasn't ready, whatever the case may be, right? Um, and start to build over time and start grabbing podiums and, you know, maybe even contest for a win outdoors, right? We haven't really seen Coop's outdoor true potential since 2016 or, yeah, 2016 when he won, you know, the 250 motocross championship, so. I mean, honestly, okay, let me let me ask you this. I want to get your opinion. All right. Um, do you think, and I, it's not towards WSX at all. Okay. Because I think that whole thing is a fantastic idea. Do you think there's a such thing as too much Supercross? Uh, to a certain degree, yes. Um, because it seems definitely in the United States that Supercross is kind of definitely taking over, and then Motocross has kind of pushed it aside. Where like, hey, we kind of we still need to do this, but you know, whenever that time comes, we'll really, really amp it up. You know, like I still feel like it's just it's still thrown to the side. I don't feel like it gets as as much exposure as Supercross gets. And I don't know if it's just because of the stadiums, you know, where they travel to, like, you know, just more people are watching, you know, that thing. It's more convenient for fans to go to that thing uh, or to go to these stadiums or NASCAR, you know, facilities. So, I don't know. I mean, you know, honestly, I just feel like, I mean, I know I know a lot of them, do, they like it because the money's better. Than outdoors, like, did you see like the new pay scale for outdoors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even though that they put it up forty-two percent, I mean, forty-two percent <laughs> from what it was before really isn't that much. It's not. It's no. not tens of thousands. It's it's less than thousands. Like, it's not. It's not very much, and that's why you know you're not going to see a lot of the guys, you know, privateer wise, or even you know at the top not want to do the entire series because it's 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 not worth it, right? So I mean it's it's crazy like okay, so I seen first place went up like three, four hundred bucks and second place went up a thousand dollars. Yep. And then it dropped back down to like three hundred bucks for third. I was like that like that pay scale don't really make sense to me. I mean it's just man, I, mean, I, I love Supercross, you know. But I feel like it gets to a point, like to me, I like how it's like so much of Supercross, and then you go outdoor racing. And like I'm super, I'm, I'm stoked on the WSX. I just I hate that it has to be during outdoors, and I feel like it, I mean it's not as many rounds, so I don't really think it's too overkill. But I just feel like if you race a Supercross over here, AMA Supercross, and you know you contended for a championship. I mean, do 17 rounds to stay right there is a grind. And then to go back and do it again for like, what, as, what is it, eight rounds of yeah. WSX? Six. I mean, six. six. I mean, 
I feel like you get to a point where you get burnt out and over supercrossing. I don't want to go ride some outdoors. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know 30 minutes is a hell of a time. <coughs> but, I mean, I like seeing these dudes get out there and throw down in outdoors. Like, I look forward to it. Like, yep. for me, I think when that 17 round mark hits in Supercross, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's good enough. Like, now let's go, let's go play, let's go play outdoors. Yeah. Um, I was telling Lewis Phillips, I was in the press box in Denver. I asked him if 15 rounds was enough, and he said no, he wanted 17. But I think he had his uh, captain hat on, and he wanted Sexton to win the title, which you know Sexton did. But regardless of the fact, I think 15 is enough for Supercross. I I think giving those guys now with the Super Motocross thing in play, we need to give these guys a little bit longer break. But I know that we're kind of everybody in the in the industry wants longer uh, breaks and more breaks, but then they add the super motocross thing, but that was a more of a money uh, thing. You know, these, these riders and stuff will, you know, these guys will do anything to go and win a fair race for $1,500. You know, like, dude, if they're going to make millions, like, you know, like, they're going to go for it. So, um, it, but this is a good thing for, I think, like the Norens and um, the Derek Kellys and the Josh Verizes and, um, you know, AC to kind of come back and get his shine back on. Like, can he do 2020 all over again? Can he get there in the mix? You know, like there's plenty of other guys that can really make a name for themselves and they have really in motocross first and then it progressed to supercross, right? And then, but realistically, a lot of people think more of Supercross than they do motocross. So it's it doesn't really um, doesn't really make sense. But I don't know what 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 do you think? Should they go back to fifteen like rounds, or I mean not back to, but do you think they should do fifteen and have the extra break like I was talking about, or or do you think the I think it's two breaks in Supercross and then you get one or two breaks during the summer and maybe another break. So maybe five breaks, I guess, in total, maybe throughout the year. But I haven't actually gone through with that. But I mean, I feel like, you know, they – to me, these guys do need more of a break. I mean, you know, I feel like if they had – Especially for a lot of the guys like, you know, Dungy Villapoto. I know Tomac's hurt, but I mean, you know, at, usually after Supercross and Outdoors, they used to take like a two week break and they was back at the grind again. But I feel like they need more of a break. I feel like if some of these guys had more of a break, they would stay, probably stay around a little bit longer. You know what I mean? I think the racing would be better too. Yeah, it's like. It's trust me. It's it's not hard to get burnt out. Like you, you love like I think we all got into it because we loved it. And as a kid, you love to go ride your dirt bike. But you know, as you get older, like when it is your job, for, like for top guys like that, it's I mean that grind twenty four seven can burn you, burn yeah. you out. Yeah. I mean, and it takes a toll on your body too. Yeah. No kidding. It does. Um. All right. Well. Uh, Peacock uh, and, you know, NBC Sports, all of that good stuff, they are going to have 
the live stream for us. Uh, there will also be race day live, which will be one hour of the final time qualifying sessions that they will do. Um, and then a new thing that they are doing for this year, that there is going to be a halftime intermission show for uh, to give the riders an extra 30 minutes after 450 Moto 1 and um, going into the 250s uh, Moto number 2. So they're doing an extra 30-minute gap so it's not going to be straight straight, you know, to 250 gate drop right after 450 Moto number one. So uh, I do like that, that they're giving the teams, uh, the track crew, the flaggers, that sort of thing, an extra 30 minutes to do whatever they need to do, recover, fix a, fix a bike, go and take a bathroom break, walk around the pit, whatever, you know. So um, I do like that. Oh, yeah. Like. I mean, I've been to the races where, um, you know, after their moto, like mechanics, they get back and they're like busting ass to get bikes ready, you know, mm -hmm. for moto two. And it may seem like 30 minutes is like, okay, you can do a lot in 30 minutes. But dude, after first moto, bikes, bikes are so beat, like they got to wash them, you know. Get that rear shock off there because it's so hot. Change the oils, drop the fluids, put a new clutch in. I mean, if anything else is making on a bike, fix that. You know, top back off the fuel, go over all the bolts, get new wheels and tires on there, or or just tires. Like it's so much. And dude, I've seen like you know several times some mechanics about don't make it to the second motos because they push it so hard, and you know, and. <sighs> It starts like that time starts soon as like you know that gate drops on the 450. Some guys is if they don't get a podium, they can get back and get started on it, you know. But for for like the guys that do podium, like it's that time's a bit shorter, so it's just so much, you know. I think it'd be good to help their body rejuvenate an extra 30 minutes, you know. They can relax a little bit more, you know, get a good second wind in them because you know I. It, some guys in the past, you're like, they just don't do good, as good as second one. You got some dudes that are just gnarly and they're just, they're there. But I think for some of the other ones, like, it would help for a lot. You know, it would make for better racing as well. Absolutely. Um, looking back, uh, let's head into the 450 Pro Motocross uh, class heading into 2023 but first let's look back at 2022 the 450 mx standings uh top 10 you had eli tomac chase sexton jason anderson ken roxon christian craig ryan dungey aaron plessinger justin barsha joey savachi and shane mcarath um those were your 450 motocross uh pro motocross <coughs> standings Leaving, uh, we had Caroli and Dungey last year, which was unbelievable just to have them two legends uh, out there uh, racing and all of that. Um, but moving into 2023, what what kind of can you expect uh, going into this season for the 450 class? I mean... For me now, it's hard. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say it's super hard to say. Like, I, I already 
man. We'll honestly. get to our we'll get to our predictions at the at the very end. We're not going to give our predictions until the very end of the pod. So you guys well, got to no, stick, no. stick around for that. No, I'm not giving a prediction. I just, I, I guess for me, it mind boggles me since Tomac's out now. So right, it would uh, it kind of, it's kind of finagled me a little bit. Okay, of mixing it around. Yep. Like I think you know, of course Chase will be there, but you got Jet in the mix now. Cooper's back in the mix. It's just, it's one of those things. Like now, I don't know how. It'll fully play out, especially. I mean, I feel like Anderson. You know, he'll he'll be there. It's just it's so up in the air right now. Yeah, Anderson uh, will not be there for the first uh, couple of rounds, I believe. Nice. Yep. So, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I didn't realize. I didn't really pay that attention, but yeah, uh, I yeah, uh, he'll come back at some point. Uh, Kawasaki put out a post uh, this week about it. So, um, moving into just the teams and the riders, uh, the top riders, I should say, uh, for the 450 class. Moving into this series, uh, Star Racing Yamaha, Monster Energy, Star Racing Yamaha. Dylan Ferrandis, uh, he is back. He is good. Uh, one thing that he loves to say, at least from the clips that I've seen from media day today that he says, I just have to adjust to the bike. So I think they're having a little bit of problems coming in and he's trying to get comfortable on it because it doesn't seem like he's the Dylan Ferrandis of, Oh yeah, I'm here to win and I can win. Sure. He said that, but he did bring up the bike quite a bit. So I'm going to be a little interested and we're just going to have to see, uh, how Dylan feels heavy D. Oh, uh, see, hold on. Is Justin Cooper running two fifties or four fifties? We'll get to him in the two fifty class. Okay, no, I just wasn't sure. I was wondering. Yep. No, I couldn't remember if he was running four fifties or two fifties. Two fifties. Okay, so I can take that away. But I just, he, he, I just wonder. Here's my thing, and I, you know, they all ride together a lot at the test track. I, I just I'm st- I wonder if it's like, and it could be a, a stupid statement or like something stupid to think, but it's just like I wonder if it's like you know he's getting back and he's getting kind of beat, you know he's getting beat at the test track by some of the guys, you know, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things. It's like, all right, do you want it? Is is it really the bike or is it you just are you not where you need to be or like, you know, what's the deal? Right, right. And, I mean, realistically, we really won't know until we see, right? Like, like uh, we can watch all the videos that we've seen from different media outlets on YouTube and Instagram and things like that, but we really won't know until the gate drops for, right. for a lot of these guys. So, um you know, we'll see if Dylan has, uh, you know, a fighting chance and see if he's got that fight in him uh, for this year because he is a gnarly uh, pro motocross athlete. He is uh, he's very good outdoors, very technical style is phenomenal. And uh, yeah, especially on that Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha. 
moving into the Monster Energy Kawasaki, we already spoke a little bit about a Jason Anderson, so be, I guess, on the lookout and be aware of when he will return at some point. And then Adam Cinturillo, of course, coming off a good Supercross season. Uh, I feel like, you know, he stayed in it all the way through, even though he didn't miss a, miss a round or two. He stayed in it. So can he keep the momentum and ball rolling into this Proto Motocross Championship? Yeah, I mean, I, I, honestly, I think he's probably feeling pretty comfortable. Like, definitely since he, uh, he got a full Supercross season on his belt, you know, that I feel like that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think if his mind's right, he's feeling good, and which I think he probably is feeling pretty good because, you know, he, he got him a podium, which is a big accomplishment, man, like accomplishment considering the past years he's had. And it's like a stepping stone. So I feel like for him, he could actually come alive pretty good in outdoors. Absolutely. I do as well. I think he will uh, get up there in the mix at some point. So – uh, yeah, be on the lookout for AC number nine. Check out his podcast as well. It's actually really, really good. Have you listened to it, Heavy D? No, I haven't yet. I didn't even realize it came out. Yeah, unplugged. Uh, I think it may be on his YouTube channel, uh, and I'm I know it's on Spotify. So it's called Unplugged by Adam Cincerello. Anyways, it is. Uh, it's good. It's uh, it's a good listen. He's uh very mental positive guy and especially to learn everything that he's been through and even to give you a little bit of insight of the behind the scenes even past the injuries and you know all of that it's good the it's good to listen to that so I'm glad that he's out there getting a podcast you know we're starting to I think as time goes we're really getting to this social media thing for dirt bikes I felt like a lot of things were hidden a lot of the times in this sport and I feel like now we're really starting to become I think everybody's starting to realize that hey we can start letting up a little bit you know let people in maybe that was the reason why we never got so big is because we didn't really let ourselves become that way we didn't let our true personality show we didn't do this we didn't do that right like I know I kind of went on a tangent there but I felt like that was a good point. What do you think? I don't know. No, like, here's the thing. I, feel, I mean, <clears throat> you know, that previous statement you made about uh, getting better because they let people in, I feel like that's true. It's like they, in Moto, so much is hidden that shouldn't be hidden. I mean, maybe to pay, I could probably get that. But, you know, if you think about it, Nobody, like, really, truly knows what a lot of these riders make. And I feel like if people knew, like, all right, this dude's on this kind of contract, this dude's on this kind of contract, I think it would change a lot of things. I kind of feel like that's maybe why they don't, you know, let a lot of stuff out, even though if they they would, it would, it would help the sport even more. Like, they should, like, start letting this stuff out. Because, like you said, for years, they, they didn't. But now they're starting to. I wish they would just, like, stop keeping secrets and be like, whatever. Like, let let them get the full inside scoop. Let people know what it's really 
truly like, you know? <clears throat> yeah, I completely agree with you. And I remember a interview that Wes Williams from Vermoto did with Steve Mathis for over there at Pulp MX on his show. They were talking about that. You know, should we do some sort of F1, you know, drive to survive type of series? And we got a little plug in the ear that it may be coming. Like, it actually may be coming at some point. So, um, you know, just, you know, a brief overview. Just, you know, giving getting a a day or a week in the life of a, of a privateer driving, dr- traveling from one Supercross race to the next, what they eat, what they do, hotels, how they sleep, you know, that sort of thing, and then get to see what, you know, the top riders are doing, what the Chase Sextons, what the Jet Lawrences, what the, you know, Eli Tomax, and, you know, all of these other guys, right? Maybe not Eli because he won't be there, but you you get the point. So I think that that will be very, very good for the sport, and I think that that will attract people to be like, okay, these guys – aren't just robots like they seem to be and they actually have personalities and these guys can you know open up a little bit and let us know you know it's maybe it's not really the bike the guys like the obviously complain I feel like at least on the podium speeches they love to complain about the motorcycle when maybe they know that it's that it's them or say that man you know I just, I just got to get the bike right or, you know, we need to just do a couple clicker adjustments and, you know, we'll be even better for the next one. You know, like, I think sometimes, like, at least for me, like, dude, ride the motorcycle, man. Like, ride the dirt bike, you know? No, dude, I dude, I agree with you 100% right there. It's, I've been around it and seen, like, a lot of, I mean, I ain't naming bangs, but... I've seen them complain so much. It's unreal. I'm just like, dude, I just, I'm me personally, something's only going to get so good. And then you got to take a step back and look at them and be like, all right, like maybe I'm just not going fast enough. Like I've, I've seen it to where like a certain, some guy complains so much. It makes me think, well, damn, do you want the bike to go out there and ride for you? Like, <laughs> What in the actual hell? Like, yeah. is is like, dude, you're you're on a dirt bike, like, because <clears throat> I'm just like it. Just for me, it's like, all right, you you do so much testing, and it gets you. You get so you can only get so comfortable, and then it's like, all right, where I need to be now, I need to go fast. Some guys. They're all, some some people are only going to go so fast. Like, yeah. that's just how it is. I mean, point blank, you're only going to go so fast. And it's only so much you can do to the bike to help you get there. That's how I look at it. Absolutely. 100%. I agree with you on that. And, uh, yeah. So, wrapping back, uh, go and check out Adam Cicerello's pod. <laughs> we, we, we literally just went on a 10-minute tandem after, uh, after his pod. But, no, it would be good to actually – see a little bit more personalities like I'm when I was in it for the supercross season and the five rounds that I was in I got to see or for the four rounds of the you know behind the scenes journalism whatever I got to actually you know witness a little bit of the behind the scenes of these guys (coughs) and their conversations you know just walking by them and 
uh, just hearing little snippets here and there, you know, like they're real guys, right? Like they're they're genuine guys, and uh, some of them you can tell, you know, that their personalities, you know, are are there, and uh, some of them aren't, you know, like they're exactly what you think, and some of them are completely not what you think, you know, like um, it just depends, rider by rider. But it would be good for something to come out with that, and I hope they do it for the Pro Motocross Championship as well, and not just Supercross. So, um potentially look be on the lookout for that in the uh 2024 maybe even 2025 whenever they decide to do it and if they even do it right it's just kind of rumors and hearsay uh right now but uh moving into the rockstar energy husqvarna team christian craig uh he said today in the pre-race post-conference that they had he will ride in three weeks and then hope to make the last five rounds to race so mm. so hopefully he'll be uh he'll be back for the last five okay so let, let me ask you this let me ask you this question I'm not trying to get off subject okay with all the injuries that, that have happened right yeah somebody it could be this is just like anybody like somebody you love to see ride that you've probably personally seen that's just probably all around you think could go out there and just do solid outdoors right now to fill in. Who would you, who would you pick? Freddie Norn. I like that. I like that. Yep. And we're going to get to him when we get to the twisted T progressive HEP motorsports Suzuki team, because it is the summer of Freddie. I'm telling you right now, it is the summer of Freddie. He's back on the Suzuki outdoors. Bro, it is game over. He He's going to be so good outdoors. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. yeah I'm on the Freddie train. Give me the hat. Give me the captain hat of Freddie Norn. No, he is not winning, and no, he is uh, maybe, you know, if, if things go his way in any way, shape, or form, you know, could potentially get a, you know, a top five, a podium. But, dude, I'm telling you, he – yeah, he's going to be solid all year on that bike. But regardless of the fact, yeah, Freddie, at this moment, yeah, I would put him just because. I mean, who else would you who else would you pick to to put on it other than like a Grant Harlan or somebody coming off Supercross, uh, Rod Bell? I mean, but he's you know he's hurt, so I don't Did know. Did you know what's funny? You said Rod Bell, and I was thinking Rod Bell, but you know something I didn't realize. That he's hurt. I no, I didn't realize he had an Achilles injury just like Tomac. Yeah, does. yeah, yeah, yeah. We t- I think we <coughs> talked about it on the pod. Did we? I think so. I was like, yeah, the only, uh, the only one. Uh, we, maybe we didn't, but yeah, he's he's the only one that I could think of, and other people could think of. No, that maybe there was like one or two more, right? But, um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's definitely very uncommon. And yeah, Rod Bell had the Achilles injury as well. <laughs> I was going to say Rob Bell for sure. Yeah. So I just, I feel like if he got that opportunity, he'd be a whole different animal. Definitely. Like, he definitely would not have to be working in Maryland. That's for sure. He'd be pretty solid. <sighs> I don't know. How's his supercross, though? See, that that's what I'm saying. Like, it, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's so based around Supercross for these guys to even get a contract. Like, a fill-in, sure. 
But a contract, like, dude, you got to have some sort of something to prove or to show in Supercross. I at least I feel like, dude, it's man, it's so crazy. Who was I? Can't even think of his name now, and I know who it is. Uh, I can't. Uh, we, what is his name? He was a Silver Valley. He rides for club now. He had the Supercross ride, but he got hurt, uh, and now he's running outdoor. Yeah, Kilroy. Preston Kilroy. Yeah. That, see, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I feel like, you know, Preston rips. He does rip. He throws down. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, he got that opportunity with club to run outdoors. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people, me personally. Uh, I think the whole club team is going to surprise a lot of people. I feel like those guys have been grinding down there in the deep south. And they're going but, to do pretty well this year. But that's what I'm saying. Like him and Rob Bell was like they were going at it in Silver Valley. Like yeah, they were throwing down, and like he got the opportunity. Like I feel Rob Bell. Like even if it's in club, but something else. I mean, he. I think he wrote for Twisted T. He had some pretty good opportunities, you know, to ride for some upper scale teams. But yeah, I mean, dude, I, he he did really well on the Twisted T. Uh, bike last year. Oh yeah, he did. He absolutely did. Yeah. I just like for for me like watching him ride like KTM, like you know he rides KTM and Husky or whatever, and he he shreds on them. I feel like that's something he's already at home on. If you put him on like that Husky, Rockstar Husky, I feel like he should get that opportunity, dude. Like. I mean, what what would they what would they lose out of it? Like he's on any other team, any other bike, he's top, he's a top fifteen guy. Yeah, Easy. I'm actually I'm actually looking at his results right now. He was only on the twisted bike, or the three race. Nah, one. Oh, so it was one race. Yeah, I thought it was more. Like I thought when I went to Red Bull, <laughs> he was on it, but it shows up Husqvarna. Yeah, he, I, I, you, I think it was a Husker. I think he only did ride the Twisted T one round. I'm pretty sure. I Bro, imagine that sounds could, about right. Dude, I could have sworn that. Holy shit. I could have sworn that he. Wow. Unbelievable. I thought he did way more rounds on a Twisted bike, but okay. Wow. I am way off. The summer of Rod Bell really came around in fucking 21. Oh yeah, for oh, sure. With yeah. the, with those elevens and those sixteens and the twelve at buds, there towards the end he was getting elevens. I mean, at Red Buddy got seventeen. Thunder Valley got twenty second, twenty first. Fox Raceway first round in twenty twenty on a four fifty. He got thirteen, sixteen, seventeen, or at the uh, last round in twenty twenty. Anyways, yeah. Um, but see, like you have to have all you have to have a good like Freddie, for example, this is a good this is a good example. Freddie, he has shown glimpses of speed in Supercross, and that's why I feel like he um should get a chance at a factory ride of, of some sort, right? But it's just based around Supercross. Everything is right. based around Supercross. And I mean, yeah. Like what what can you do? I mean, it's where the money is. It's where the teams, you know, want to be postered everywhere. Like, 
That's it. And Pro Motocross is just like, yeah, we're just doing these 11 rounds in the heat once again and can't wait until 2024 Supercross to start. At least that's, well, the, way, it, that, that's the way that I feel. It, it's funny. So I remember a while back it when uh, JGR, they, were still, they still had the team and they was on Yamaha's. I forgot what year it was, but it was the year before uh, Phil Nicoletti rode the 250. Um, he was like killing it in outdoors. He shredded out. He did insanely good. I think he, I want to say he top five points in outdoors that year. In uh-huh. 450s. But it was like the next year was like for contracts. And uh, I think that's when they went to Suzuki, but he didn't get a 450 offer. And I remember J-Bone was talking about it in a, in a video, and he was like, yeah, I know. He was like, I mean, I know you killed it outdoors. He said, that's awesome. He said, it sucks, but he didn't do as <coughs> He didn't ride Supercross, or he didn't get to race Supercross. Mm. And so I think that was right before they come out to the 250 team. And he was looking to get a 450 deal, but he was like, I mean, it sucks, but, you know, Supercross is where it's at. Like, that's where everybody looks at, so. It happens, man. It happens all the time. I guarantee it. It probably happens all the time, and especially right after Pro Motocross when somebody starts doing really well and they start looking out the teams and they're like, eh. But, I mean, I don't know. So, I'm just only speculation and just my opinion, right? So, um, or our opinion. So, um, Red Bull KTM, Cooper Webb, Aaron Plessinger. Um, can AP get on a roll? Can uh, oh yeah, what can a- what can a- Coop P- do? AP finna get down. Yeah, you feel like it's the summer of Pleasanger? Oh oh yeah. Like we I feeling do. wins or podiums? Like what? Like what? Like what are we feeling for AP? Man, I I feel like AP might get him one in outdoors. I feel like he he'll get him one in outdoors. What track is he getting it at? Oh, come on! There's only one good answer here. Come on. Let Let me see. Let me see. What, which one? Which Which one are you calling? I know. I know you know the one. I, I'm not. I'm not sure of the one right now. Iron Man. Makes sense. I. I yeah. From, I from, see. Yeah. Makes from sense. Ohio GNCC. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah, he's straight. Yeah, I, I yeah, he's, straight. he's straight at Iron Man. But um I mean you gotta think, dude, he's a he's a pro motocross champion. He's a two fifty pro motocross champion, so he can he can boogie down outdoors. Oh yeah. So uh and then Coop, obviously a a one time two fifty pro motocross champion in his own right. So uh maybe both of them can get on a roll this year. Maybe this will kinda um I wouldn't say kick them in the tail, but maybe by halfway, you know, these guys really start to shine, right? Like, there's no, um, you know, AP rode last year, right? But he was, you know, not really towards the front as much as we thought, and Dungey was better than him on most weekends, right? It, which is just uh-huh. unbelievable to say, by the way. Let me let me just point that out. Unbelievable to say when Dungey's been gone for five years, but hey. I'm telling you, man, talent. It's it's talent. It's not it's not the bike. It's talent. It's one hundred percent it's all the way around talent. Um, oh yeah, I agree. So uh but 
yeah, can can they both come back to uh, winning ways and, you know, all of that will be interesting to see. TLD, Red Bull, Gas Gas, Justin Barsha, he'll return at some time. I saw his update on Twitter or on Instagram today, and he'll be back at some point. And he's been mountain biking and road biking and all that good stuff. So uh, we'll see when he gets back on the motorcycle and returns there. So no 450 rider underneath that TLD Red Bull Gas Gas factory racing team. The Honda HRC factory racing team. This is where it could get a little interesting here, uh, Heavy D. You have Chase Sexton who finished uh, very, very close to Eli Tomac last year. And then you have the new up-and-comer Jet Lawrence coming off the Supercross title. Uh, can he hang uh, this year? I think it's going to be probably the biggest question everybody on everybody's mind going into this Pro Motocross Championship. Oh, you broke, if, if who can hang now? Say that again. If Jet can hang. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, I think he'll be just fine. You think it? You I think, think it's going to be a battle of of Chase and Jet all summer, or are you feeling, <coughs> or how how are you feeling? Like you think Jet's just going to come out and just wax everybody? Like, what's your feelings on Jet going into this weekend? I, honestly, okay, so I'm not going to say he's going to come out and and he probably he could, but I, I feel like for him, it if you notice in like the several and past it takes them you know right at a few rounds or a year to kind of like you know settle in and he, he could be you know just as matured on the 450 as he is on the 250 i could be wrong yeah i just you know but here's the thing too though you know when he comes in i know when he first came in he was a little mistake prong but he, he cleaned that up yeah but he <laughs> he could be fine considering like all right you know chase is known to make pretty careless mistakes at times as well well not careless but make small mistakes as well so it could be the battle of chase and jet or i mean jet could go out there and just win i mean i just i think it comes down to who's Who's more headstrong when it when it comes down to the battles, the nitty gritty? Who who's got the the better mental game? I think it's gonna. Because I think I think it's gonna come into who who's willing to put their life on the line. I think I think that's where it's gonna come to play because I think these guys are um, going to be very close, and I feel like they're definitely gonna be on the edge and. I think Chase has already known what the edge feels like on the 450 battling with Tomac and Jet may not yet. And that's the only thing I could say that where Chase could have an upper advantage on Jet coming into uh, this season since I think everybody thinks that these are the two Titans that are going to battle because they're the two that have survived Supercross and they're your new champions and what Jet did last year during the Red Bud Motocross of Nations. So I think it's going to be all eyes on Honda HRC factory racing team, and they're both underneath the same tent, riding for the same team, uh, same gear company, you know, same 
everything, right? Pretty much. So it's going to be interesting, I think. I think it's going to be interesting, and both of them have uh, different personalities, and they both train at different facilities. They don't train with each other, so... Um, yeah, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a battle all the way down to uh the end of the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can see that. I think, you know speed for speed, I think it will be it'll be a pretty insane ordeal. Like but like you say, I I say mental game, but it's just who's willing to put their life on the line. Cause I mean, you seen last year how fast sex and the Tomac was going. They were a minute ahead of third place, like every race. Yeah, yeah. So, if this, if it, if it's a summer like that, this outdoors would be everything is like going to be cranked up to be like it was before Tomac got hurt. Yeah, and I, I really think <coughs> going into this 450 class, um, I think it's going to be really good. I think a lot of people are going to are going to think that it's a Honda HRC factory racing uh battle, but I think these other guys are going to get in the mix as well. At least my opinion. I don't know if it's just me because I want an underdog or a dark horse to come in and play a little bit and make it more interesting, but I just I don't know. I this this year has already been weird enough, right? So I don't know. I just have that feeling that something else is um, maybe not somebody else is going to win the title, but um, maybe cause a little commotion or cause a little disturbance. So I don't know. It could be just me, but um, that's kind of what I'm feeling. Any any thoughts on that, Heavy D, or anything to go on that? No, I agree. I'm just – I mean, my thing is, you know – and it could be Cooper to, to come shake that thing up. I mean, it's mighty funny. He, it's like he he wasn't supposed to race like the first couple, but he's ready to come play outside. And so I'm just I'm curious, man. Yeah, I think everybody's going to be very curious to see. I think in both classes, right? Like we're about to get to the 250 class, and this shit is stacked, like unbelievable. Like you have your top two. We'll get to those, you know, we'll get to it in a minute, but from there on, I mean, 15 guys pretty much just throw just throw a fire and whatever name you throw in there is pretty much going to spark it up. Like spark, you know, it's going to start the fire. Like it could just anything could happen in between those um 15 riders or I'm probably exaggerating, but you get what I'm saying. Did you get my metaphor there or no? I kind of came up with it off the top of my head because I didn't really know which way I wanted to go with that one, but was it close enough or? Yeah, no, no, I agree. No, no, I got it. I got it. Okay, all right. I was just making sure that you knew about, you know, starting the fire with, with each rider. You know, they're like a spark and like a lighter, you know, like or or maybe like like a little bit of gas or something, you know, to start a fire, you know? Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, cool. All right, good talk. Good talk, Heavy D. <laughs> um, HEP Motor, the uh, last team, uh, HEP Motorsports, Twisted T, Progressive Suzuki, of course, Freddie Norn. It is the summer of Freddie. Just saying that once again, so you guys got it. 
uh, and Derek Drake. Uh, this will be his pro debut on the 450 machine. And, of course, underneath this Twisted T Progressive HEP Motorsports Suzuki team. So I expect for uh, Drake to actually do very, very well uh, on this 450. I think he will do well. Uh, I believe that he will crack the top 10 and kind of do what March Banks did last year. Um, being a guy that, hey, it's his first pro debut, don't really know how this is going to go, and then, boom, all of a sudden he's actually doing really well, and you're like, wow, he's consistently staying there. Like, this is this is good. Like So I feel like he could have a uh, kind of a summer like that that March Banks did last year, mirroring, uh, mirroring off of that. So, um, yeah, uh, any thoughts for the Suzuki team, Heavy D? Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see Derek Drake on a 450. Um, Freddie Norn outdoors is going to be on Suzuki. I, I'm that's going to be all time right there. Dude. Like you said, I, it's I agree with you on that. It's the summer of Freddie Norn because he he's like it, it's funny. He's <clears throat> he's like consistently in the top ten on outdoors. Like usually like. Ninth to seventh area. Yeah. So okay, let's go through his 450 results from last year. Okay. Uh, we're starting at the last round and going to go work our way up to the first round. So starting at Fox Raceway two, he got a 12, 9, 10, 13, 14, 15, 12, 12, uh, and that was it for 2022. 2000 and let's go back to when he, he was last on a I think this was JGR 2020 Heavy D mm-hmm yep okay um, Thunder Valley in 2020 last time he rode a Suzuki so last year he was on a KTM right like a bike that he had no idea remember Freddie's year last year where he was switching different bikes like who knows what he was going to ride next yeah. Okay, so go back to 2020. So starting at Thunder Valley, working our way through, because obviously we know that 2020 was wild. We ended at Thunder Valley. Remember that? Right. <laughs> uh, Thunder Valley, you got an 11th and 8th, 11th, 15th, 14th, 11th, 11th, Um, And in 2019... He went 10, 13, 11, 8, 8, 10, 7, 9, 17, 13, 9, 15. So he's consistent. Okay. He's, I would say average, fit like 12, I would probably say. Maybe 12. Last year was yeah. kind of a eh. I mean, his best, his best finish last year was a 12th or a 9th. I'm sorry. A 9th at Ironman. So, um, I feel like Freddie's going to uh, – yeah, I don't care what the results say. It, it's the summer of Freddie. I don't care. I don't know why I feel like he, he was, like I said, a ninth to seven. It seemed like he was there for some reason. I don't know why. Well, because Maybe that, it was that one year that Freddie really was on top, uh, the the 19 and the 20. Uh, year. And yeah. I think maybe even the year before that. I didn't go any farther than that. But those were like, wow, Freddie is, is the man. And then when he first came onto the scene – he was he was really good. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back. I I closed out of it, but hold on, I can go back. All right, let me go let me go to his start. Hold on. 
Okay, so... Uh, okay, so 2011, he started the Pro Motocross Championship, um, first race ever on a 450 at Hangtown, 25th, uh, so for the entire 2011 season, 25, 20, 17, 17, 21, 29, 15, 29, 25, 21, 23, 18, 34, 25, 14, 23. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting into uh, 2012 here. So 2011 wasn't bad. 2012, uh, he started at Red Bud. 34, 25, 14, 23, 19, 17, 16, 19, 24, uh, and 29. And then if we get into... If we go all the way up to 2014, this is where he got like an eighth and a ninth. Uh, especially this ninth right here was his first big one in 2014. Um, Spring Creek, Millville. That was a really big one, and so was Washougal. So 2014, 2015 with a ninth and a, a pair of sevenths. Um, 2016, he got a six at Unadilla, a seventh at Buds and and Ironman. So there, towards the end, he gets really good. So I would expect from like, I would say Thunder Valley on. So from like three all the way, he should be pretty comfortable with that Suzuki, and he will start putting in some some ridiculous rides. I feel. Oh, he uh. For some reason, I don't. I, I'm like you for some reason right now. I just, it just seems like it's just something. I don't know if it's because he did so good in Supercross or what, but I feel like it's about to be a highly unexpected season in outdoors for Freddie. Yep, me too. So we're we're uh, we're both on the Freddie wagon, and I'm I'm not afraid of it. I'm not jumping off of it. We're we're riding this thing all the way until the end. So, um, and of course it's going to be privateer heaven, obviously, because, and a lot of privateers are going to do really good. You guys got to remember that there's going to be a lot of local tracks or a lot of these tracks that are open to the public regularly, uh, regular, regularly. There we go. Holy shit. Wow. Um, they will do extremely well especially with you know going to california tracks right a lot of guys are uh, really good on those california tracks and then of course we go to iron man and high point and buds those southwick those sort of tracks right you're going to get the local privateers that are going to come out and show out uh every time and ruin my fantasy every single weekend so make sure you guys are on the lookout for that and of course don't be surprised if a name that you normally don't see inside the top 15 or inside the top 20 be there because there's a lot of factory guys that are out and there's a lot of opportunity for these guys in the 450 to um, shine a little light here. So, um, yeah, anything else for the 450 class, AVD? No, no, no. I think we're, uh, we're good there. Great. Um, Got to go back. And thank all of the sponsors on board here at Imperative MX and ImperativeMX.com. 
West Virginia Motorsports. If you guys need anything, dirt bike, ATV, UTV, watercraft, scooter, anything you guys need engine-wise and fun-wise, find your key to fun at West Virginia Motorsports. Go and check them out online, Princeton, West Virginia, and now their new location in Whitfield, Virginia. FXR Moto. You want to look good. You want to have the best in sizing, fitting, and venting for motocross riding gear. Then make sure to go and check out fxrracing.com. Get your great-looking kits today. And, uh, yeah, we'll see the Club MX team and other teams out there and privateers with the FXR. We're starting to get into summer local motocross racing and a lot of fxr lit kit awards going to be handed out this year so make sure you guys are on the lookout for that on the regular imperativemx.com podcast and uh yeah so make sure to go to check out their social media and everything fxrracing.com dirt industries custom graphics for over 10 years they have designed and manufactured the best looking graphics in the industry Ashley and uh, them over there do a phenomenal job. Got a license plate and a street sign from Ashley over the weekend when I was at Windy Hill for the NCMX race. And man, it was, uh, and you know, what they do helmet wraps, graphics, banners, stickers I mean, anything, anything you can think of and you want to create, they can do it. And it is some of the best looking stuff. My Suzuki out there is shining and glistening in the trailer right now. I mean, it's like a str- it's it's like a party's going on in there. I mean, the the stuff pops. It does not um it does not break away. It is not strip. Very easy to get on and yeah, you guys are going to be extremely excited. We do have a discount code for 10% off. Imperative MX, all caps, no space. Make sure to go and check out dirtindustriesgraphics.com. Heavy D, tell me a little bit about Silver Valley MX Park. The only local national out there. The only local national. And when they race, they open, you definitely want to be there. Because if you ain't there, I'm telling you, you're missing out. Absolutely. One of the, if not the gnarliest track on the East Coast down there in Lexington, North Carolina. So make sure you guys check out and be on the lookout for the Pro Shootout A&B All-Star, All-Star or A&B Shootout there at Silver Valley MX Park in Lexington, North Carolina later on uh, in the year. And Hydropower formulated by a sports nutritionist himself to help you eliminate arm pump and increase your endurance. Anytime that I ride, I have it right here to get me through uh, this podcast for you guys. So make sure to go and check out Hydropower uh, or drinkhydropower.com. Get your Blue Raz, brand new flavor, Fruit Punch out now. Make sure to go and check out hydropower.com. Mika Metals, uh, we just talked to Shane McArath on the latest episode of the imperativemx.com podcast and he used Mika Metals to a 7th place and a 6th place and 
uh, man, they did really well in the in the mud of New Jersey, and they all are from Aerospace Aluminum, so you know it's the highest quality in the industry. Make sure to go and check out MikaMetals.com, sprockets, chains, anything you guys need, handlebars, that sort of thing. Make sure to go and check out Mika Metals and thank them for uh, coming on to the podcast and helping us out at Imperative MX. And, of course, the local sponsor, the only uh, – the the you know, Chad Newton over there is keeping it really local, like really, really local over there at Total Control Racing Suspension. Ten-plus years, he had a arena cross team with Jim Neese traveling the entire United States, going from uh, town to town, city to city, doing suspension, making sure the arena cross team is set. Now he's helping out Jim's son, Luke Neese, to awesome finishes, 250 Supercross Showdown, main events, and much more. If you need your oil done, you know, you need your suspension changed, like your oil, your bushings, your seals, make sure to call Chad Newton over there at Total Control Racing Suspension, and uh, he will get you dialed in for sure. So make sure to go and check out Total Control Racing Suspensions. And, of course, PR Motorsports. Just saw Charlie and Justin this past weekend at Windy Hill, and they do a phenomenal job at trackside support. If you guys need anything from race fuel to gloves to numbers to um, a tire change, some brake rotor changes, some pad changes, handlebar changes, whatever you guys need at the racetrack, they're there for that. And it's amazing what Charlie and Justin do over there at PR Motorsports for you guys at the local North Carolina and District 13 uh, motocross series. So um, that's it for all of our sponsors, and uh, thank them, and uh, go support them. Go and check out imperativemx.com. Click on the top of the banner, and it'll bring you directly to the company's website. And, yeah, order your products from there. If you guys have any questions, reach out to us at imperativemx at gmail.com and we'll get uh, you know your questions answered or forwarded to the right people. So uh, now moving into the 250 class, Heavy D, uh, I wrote right here, literally stacked. This is this is going to be, I think, I think this is going to be where my eyes are going to be at, Heavy D. This series in the 250 class is about to be unbelievable. Oh, a hundred percent. It's uh do this it's so stacked. Honestly, I ain't even I'm not even gonna call I'm gonna let that play out. I don't even wanna call who I a winner. Just I don't want it's I just can't single anyone out who's just who's gonna take that. I, I could I could say this. I don't think it'll be dominated by just one single person. You don't think so? I, I could be wrong, but dude, I just, I mean, people are probably going to say Hunter, but I just do this. Dude, you got to think how many dudes it is out there in outdoors and <coughs> star got has like five of them. Yeah. It's ridiculous. 
And Club has a fleet. Uh, Pro Circuit Monster Energy Kawasaki has a fleet. Man, it's just... Dude, it's so many. I know. So, let's get into it. Uh, first, let's go back and look at, just like we did with the 450 class, uh, Jet Lawrence, uh, Joe Shimoda, Hunter Lawrence, Justin Cooper, RJ Hampshire, Maximus Volan, Seth Hammecker, Nathaniel Thrasher. Did you know that it was a Nathaniel Thrasher? Yeah, I knew it was a Nathaniel. I had no idea. I yeah, thought, I knew it I was thought a it was a Nathan. I thought it was a Nathan. Hold on. Did you did you call Jet? Hold on, he's not running outdoors in two fifty, is he? No, this is for the two thousand and twenty two standings. Oh, oh, I got you, I got you. Okay. Yeah. Uh and then Moseman. Uh, was there and ninth and Pierce Brown rounded out your top 10. So moving into the Honda HRC riders underneath the tent in the 250 motocross or pro motocross championship this summer, this weekend, realistically, uh, Hunter Lawrence and Chase, uh, Chance Hymas. So, uh, Hunter Lawrence, heavy D he's probably the top. Favorite for you, Mo go coming into the series. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the favorite, but I'm. I want to say this. I think Danger Boy is going. He 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 may give him a fit. I think he's going to give a lot of people a fit out there. Oh boy, um, that that team I mean, is, I, I, that team's next up on our list. I may open up a can of worms by saying what I just said. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh man. Uh how do you think uh how do you think Hymus will do? Um in the combine last year he won. So he got the overall win in the Scouting Moto Combine last year and of course they're going to reintroduce that uh into this year as well. So there will be a couple of rounds for that, but how do you think his pro debut um in the combine will be? Actually, he did some last year, didn't he? What's that? He did some nationals last year, didn't he? He did like the last one, didn't he? I think he may have. I I want to say he did. I hear the I hear the keys banging over there. Oh, yeah. So obviously you're looking into this. I yeah. like it. I like it. Yeah. Uh. Yes, he did Fox Raceway too. So. How did he do there? Fifteenth. Okay, okay. So for his first race last year, got fifteenth. So I don't know if we can really go off that or not, but um, yeah. I mean, what do you think? What do you Oof. think the expectations for Chance Hymas is coming into? Like what? Like what's a what's a realistic goal? You think that maybe they could have? set for him or do you think it's just hey you know this is a building year we're just going to take it race by race or what do, what do you what do you tell in chance if if you have the opportunity so you kind of put me in a tight spot with this one sorry <laughs> here, here's here, here's why I want to maybe I maybe I haven't maybe I didn't pay attention I felt like I paid pretty good attention but 
for, for me personally, it's nothing against Chance by any means. It's just, and I'm not knocking him. I'm not knocking him. Let me, let me get that out of the way. I, I, I'm not knocking. I'm not hating. I'm just curious because for me personally, I knew him in amateur ranks. I, I, I knew of him, watched him, and heard of some of his results. And I've, I've always wanted to kind of ask this. I'm just curious to know what transpired for him coming, you know, because he was on Kawasaki. How did it go from that straight to the factory Honda ordeal and him being the experiment rider? Well, I think, I think his, I think they had a, maybe a contract negotiation with Pro Circuit, and I think he just had a chance. I don't know if he did uh, well or not at some race, and maybe they saw it. Maybe it was a Loretta's year or something like that. But yeah, they scooped him up, and I guess that's just what happened. But it was kind of weird because we didn't think. After Geico went, we really didn't think the 250 class for Honda HRC was going to stick around, but then obviously they had to put Jet and Hunter somewhere, so they had to do that. And then, of course, Chance comes afterwards. So um, maybe they saw something in him, or uh, maybe new people. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, I'm, I'm not knocking. I'm just. For me, I'm just kind of curious because it was like that happened, and he won Moto Combine. But I just, I mean, Moto Combine is kind of rigged, dude. They don't really let uh, every amateur kid in like AB come to it. It's like an invitational thing. Yeah, yeah. So, like for for me personally, there, I. I I mean, it's. I probably sound like a dick saying it. I just, you know, I mean, he he beat who was there, so he won fair and square. But I feel like it was some other ones, you know, from the outside that could have came in that probably could have, like, you know, did away with that ordeal. But <laughs> oh. I mean, I, I know I sound like an asshole saying that, but. I mean, I can kind of get where where you're coming from, but I don't know. I just I. I got to see it, right? Like, I, I got to see. I just got to see. Like, I literally what I was going to say was just wait until the gate drops. And just see what happens. Yeah, like, yeah. Because we, we, we have no idea, right? You know, I, I agree with that. I'm not disagreeing with that by any means. It's just, like, man, like, 15 last year. And, I, you know, like I said, you got some kids that come in. It takes them a little while. And that's fine. I'm, You know, it can... It could probably if if Honda's sticking with them, it's probably it'll take more than a year, you know, and yeah. that is fine. Yeah, but you know, like he had a fifteen <coughs> last year, and God, like man, this the field's way more stacked. So you you got to think right now, if he got fifteen last year and the field's more stacked, Honda's not over there just like you know we just we trying to see what this is about like. He, he, he's got to go out there and do good. Like, I understand they want that learning curve, 
But that learning curve, learning curve comes still comes with a certain expectation and a certain finish. And I, me personally, I don't think that finish is outside the top ten. Yeah, no. In his first full season, no. I don't. Yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, for sure for for even a lot of these guys and moving into the next team, the Monster Energy Yamaha Star Racing team. You got. Justin Cooper, Levi Kitchen, Hayden Deegan, Jordan Smith, and a lot of people are going to be sleeping on this guy right here. Gillen Fares, uh is going to be riding for that team as well. So uh, there's going to be a good amount of talent and riding ability and good-looking and good-sounding bikes underneath that Star Racing Yamaha tent. Um, Cooper, I would say, is second underneath Hunter, but... Um, I don't think by much. Uh, Hunter has shown that his consistency is a little up and down in, in pro motocross. And if you look at Justin's results in pro, to mo uh, pro motocross in the past three years, they've been damn near consistent. So, um, I may be that outlier and say Coop may have a, a advantage over Lawrence just in this series, just based off results. Now, riding-wise and what I think Hunter is capable of, um, potentially could be there to overpower Justin, but right now I got I got Justin. <laughs> I got Justin in front of Hunter as a as as the favorite coming in. I'm not gonna disagree with that. I'm a me me per, and here's me personally. Hunter's fast. Can he go win? Yeah. But, <laughs> dude, the five riders you named at Star, they're top five guys. All of them. Yeah. I mean, Levi Kitchen won a moto last year at Thunder Valley. And the top, the five guys you named, they can all go win. Yep. Jordan, Sm Jordan dude, Smith included. The the, the Dylan Grimm, what's his last name? Uh, Farez. RS, that dude is freaking fast. Dude, think. While all of these guys have been riding Supercross, my man has been grinding outdoors. Just grinding like, outdoors. You, you got to think. Last year, he top five last year, didn't he? He got like six or seven or dude, top I, five. Yeah, he. I, I'm leaning back in the chair. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but... I know he. I am too. He, he he got he got good he got good results. He, he he got good results last year. He he literally worked a regular job where he's from. He didn't make enough money racing to actually race full time. Yeah, he did a couple of MXGP races, but they weren't. Uh, I mean, they weren't like outstanding. I don't think. Um, I don't want to quote that wrong, but yeah, I mean, hey, he got a shot. Like, he got a shot. He showed that he could do well, and Star gave him another <coughs> one. Like, man, what what more could you ask for to ride outdoors on a on a Star bike under Bobby's tent? Yeah, bro, sign me up. I'm down. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like he he got like the opportunity of all opportunities and. He literally got to stay over here and just ride. He didn't have to go work. He literally 
just got to ride all Supercross season grinding outdoors. And you think my man ain't about to come out here outdoors and throw down? Shit. Dude, he may be he may be a heavy underdog coming into this shit. Dude, I, I feel <laughs> Dude. I honestly feel like he's a super heavy underdog. Dude, like, I might I might be on the Fares fucking wagon in the two fifty class. I think he may he may be my I had another one uh in here later on when we get to that team, but I I may have to switch it as far as what cap I'm wearing for this year, uh going into the season for sure. Um but Rockstar Energy Husqvarna, uh RJ Hampshire, Jalik Swole, and Talon Hawkins. Um RJ, we know he's gonna absolutely send it. Uh he's gonna give it hundred and twenty one percent every single time he's on the racetrack. And uh yeah, no, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be really good for uh for Hampshire, I feel like, this year as well. He's coming in uh healthy and he had a good supercross season. So I feel like his confidence could be up coming into this season as well. Yeah, uh I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on this far as I'm on the far as train right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're just thinking of, you're just thinking about riding riding down riding down the red carpet with my man. Fly or uh getting on the uh, uh the genie ride and just flying flying with Fares around the around the track. Dude, the dude is Yeah, man. I'm Do you I'm see that MTF ready. video? Hell yeah. You see how fast he was going? Bro, that was the first video I've seen of him since last year. And I'm like, dude, my man is ready. That eighty eight Connor Lester is coming out strong, son. Bro, what you know about that Connor well, you know about that Connor Lester, but you bringing out throwbacks right now. Hey, that eighty eight reminds me of Connor Lester. You know why? Because I battled him every <coughs> single weekend on big bikes growing up in District thirteen and District twenty nine. But a majority of the time it was District thirteen at Lake Sugar Tree and Birch Creek. Dude. Me and him battled when I had a back brace on. What? Yeah. A back brace. Yeah. Um, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I beat him with a back brace on. I think I was like two or three months after uh, breaking my back, and I still needed to wear my back brace. And damn, I passed him through the whoops. There used to be a whoop section where the big tabletop is at Sugar Tree. Now there used to be a whoop section yeah. there. Yeah, bro. I just yeah, I I don't remember if they were jumpers at that point. Or if they were skimmers, I can't remember. But uh, yeah, there's a couple people that still bring up that memory to me if I go to Sugar Tree. But yeah, but but dude, all but he, <coughs> more times than not, he beat me. But at least in that time, I I could say I beat him. But yes, that is a throwback uh, rider for sure. Uh, and only District 13 and District 29 riders will know uh, who we're talking about. <laughs> oh man! But I'll be stoked to see another another eighty eight back out there on the track. I can't really think of any other big names that were eighty eight. Can you? Wow, that's actually a really good question. No, David Millsap was one eighty eight at one time. Yeah, well, he was one eighteen too. Well, one eighteen, one eighty eight. Yeah, he was one eighteen. Dude, the one eighty eight on the Suzuki was flames. Oh, dude. 
it was so sweet. With the uh, with was... the awry, with the awry <laughs> helmet and the uh, in the foam neck neck roll. Yeah, bro, dude, it, what a time to be alive! And the Oakley goggles. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> Dude, what a time to be uh, alive. 2004, 2003, whatever time frame that was. Oh, my God. What a time to be alive. The, the kids will never understand. Dude, I'm telling you. Dude, that shit was engraved in my mind as, like, one of the one of the best memories. Just going back and, going back and thinking about just old 80s, like, 85 races or just riders. <laughs> like, unbelievable. Oh man. Um. All right. Anything for Jalik or Talon? Or are we pretty good? Just gonna see what happens. I mean, Jalik has has won a overall before or a moto at high point. No, nah, he won overall. Yeah, yeah he high won the point, overall. He overall. Yep. He yep. won the first moto and got second second moto. Yep, that's right. That's right. He was able to uh, do that, and that was because Hunter made a mistake, right? Hunter should have grabbed that overall, but he made a mistake. Was it that year or was it the year previous that he fell in the first moto? That, that was I want to say that was the year previous. Yeah, where he fell on the on the big downhill yeah. on the first lap, bro. He would have went one one that day, bro. He was so fast. Oh yeah. Anyway, so look out for high point. I suspect for uh, Hunter to do very very well at high point. Um. Anyways, all right, that's it for Rockstar Energy Husqvarna Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki. Uh, we have Joe Shimoda, Jet Reynolds, Ryder DeFrancisco, and Carson Mumford. Um, any, anybody, uh, Joe got second last year in the series standings. Uh, anything stand out to you in those four riders there? Joe, for sure, because, man, Joe, it's, when he's on, dude, he's hard to beat. Like, I've seen him at some races. When he is like on, Joe was he's hard to he's hard to beat, dude. Red Bud twenty twenty two, bud. Yeah, he's dude. That dude is. If it was, if he could keep it like, if he can keep that meter on red like he does when he's on at all times. Oh man, everybody else be in trouble. Yeah, I hope Joe gets up there and uh and puts a puts a battle between uh you know the the top 2 guys that we're thinking of that are going to be at the top or favorites going in, right? Like we hope Joe can get up there and do well and it was I, you know, I was stoked to be there at Redbud last year whenever he got his uh his overall uh so um or his win, Moto win. I can't remember if he got the overall. I think he did end up getting the overall. Um, but regardless of the fact, that's going to be good. Jet Reynolds, of course, this is going to be his pro debut um, for this team, right? I think so because it's supposed, it should have been that habit. He just stays. You know, he hasn't been healthy. He's been hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So it will be very <coughs> interesting to see how Jet Reynolds does. Ryder Francisco. this will be his uh, pro debut, right? I believe. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, that would be interesting, or maybe not. I want to say he did one last year, but maybe he didn't. He had to have because he didn't do a moto combine, or was he hurt last year? Um, no, he didn't do a moto combine. Dude, honestly, I can't keep up with this Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki team. 
Like, I'm just going to throw it out there right now. Like, their riders are just, like, especially this year, it has been hard to keep up with. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it has just not gone well over there for, for, <clears throat> for Mitch. But hopefully uh, they can, um, you know, get the get the uh, wheels back on the wagon and keep going. Um, TLD Red Bull Gas Gas, Michael Moseman, and Caden Braswell. Uh, Caden just got the got the ride, fill in ride for this team. So be very oh, very for Pierce. yep for Pierce. So uh, this will be his, uh, you know, obviously pro debut with the team. And uh, Michael Moseman, hopefully he does not Michael Michael motorcycle himself uh, onto a stretcher, <laughs> so, and onto a stretcher uh, like he did last year. That was ridiculous. Um, that was a hard hit. Do you remember that? Um, coming down the downhill before the big triple at Fox Raceway. Oh yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yes. I remember. I, I remember seeing like the like the replay of it. Yeah, it was uh, it was ridiculous. It wasn't pretty. No, no. So hopefully Michael didn't have a good Supercross season, and his brother actually asked him in the pre-race uh post conference or press conference today what he's been up to and uh, apparently he had a really bad concussion when he went down in Daytona and he wanted to just get everything all checked out went to a couple of neurosurgeons uh, surgeons and that sort of thing to check out his brain and make sure he's all good and he actually said he's better and sharper than he's ever been so uh, we will see where that uh, that goes um, the Muckoff FXR Club MX team this is a uh, big, heavy topic here. We got uh, Jeremy Martin, Garrett Marchbanks, and Preston Kilroy um, on this. Now, I was going to wear the cap for Marchbanks uh, on this because I feel like Garrett, after last year riding the 450 class, and he knows the intensity of the 450 class, that he's going to dog the hell out of that Club MX bike for the 250 class. But the 250 class has not been very kind to Garrett. Um, you know, so I don't know. How, what, what's your what's your opinions? Or I could be completely wrong, and I and and I don't know. Let me go and look at the results. But what what are you thinking, Heavy D? Dude, he, I think he's ready. I think he's ready, dude. Yeah. Outdoors is back on the 250 because. Man, the pace, of course, I'm, you know, everybody, the pace is a lot different in 450s. Like, it's it's still gnarly in 250s, no doubt. But, like, dude, last year, I think he what he learned is, all right, they get after it. They, they was getting after of it from jump. Like, they was getting gone. <clears throat> 250s, you know, it was basically the jet show last year. Yeah, but now it's wide he, uh, open. Yeah, and uh, I think he'll dog that two fifty for thirty minutes. Yep. Plus um, I believe his best finish on a two fifty was High Point two thousand and twenty one with a fifth, and that was the that was the race that Jalik won. Jalik, Jet, Justin Cooper, Colt Nichols, and then Garrett. Oh, dang. Fortner was in there. Masterpool was in there. Lawrence, uh, Hunter Lawrence, Dylan Schwartz, Carson Mumford, Joe Schmoda, 
Max Volan. Yeah, uh, Hampshire. So, uh, yeah, it would be, be very interesting to see. And, yeah, I mean, his his results have shown in the 250 that they fluctuate a lot. I mean, in 21, he had a fifth. The next weekend, he got 11th. The next weekend, he got a 14th. The next weekend, he got a 16th. Next weekend, he got a 12th. Next weekend, he got an 18th. Then he got a 38th at Bud's, and I think that, that I think he got hurt there. Um, and then if you even go back and look at 2020, um, uh, not 2020 because he got hurt there, uh, but even if you go to 2019, you go to Paula, he got a 7th, Thunder Valley a, a 11th, a 41, a 9, a 22, a 9, a 43, a 9. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just fluctuates. But last year, he was so consistent where he was. So I hope that that consistency – so I'm glad what I said is is factual. Um, I hope that consistency moves from the 450 class back down to the 250 class for him, and he can show that speed but also have that consistency and stay away from the fluctuating rounds and just put in consistent motos. Oh yeah, I think I think he can. It's just, man, honestly, I just you know, when you're when you win a, a you know a good bit and then you go back to struggling to win, man, that hunger's there and it, it just takes some time to figure out, you know, hey, what's it going to take to get back to those ways? And I think he's hungry for it now. Like he he wants it. Like he he's ready to go win. Like. He's ready to get up there, battle for wins, get on the podium, be consistent. <coughs> you know, I think he's ready for it. Absolutely. I do as well. And going to Jeremy Martin, of course, we know what Jeremy Martin can do, and we know how good he is. Will that show up this year in 2023, Heavy D? I mean, it's just we we got to see, you know. He's he's comfortable with the uh, club and match team, you know. I feel like that that pressure of being on, you know, the best well, the best team, you know, star everybody. It's considered the best team, not knocking, you know, club or any other team, but everybody knows star is considered the best team and the best bike to be on. Right. Uh, but he don't have that pressure anymore, and he can. Like, I think that pressure being lifted, it gives a, a freedom to go out there and, like, actually kind of let yourself go and get things done. So, I think uh, I'm excited to see what happens. Let me say that. Absolutely. And then moving to Preston Kilroy, last guy on that muck-off FXR Club MX team. And uh, I was just looking at the results. Um, 2020 best finish. He only did two nationals that year. Best finish the 17th. Um, coming in 2021, this is all on the Bar X team. So he's only been on Bar X ever since he's been a professional until now, right? So, um, 21, he got a 12, 15, 11, 15, 14. So he was pretty. So he was pretty consistent there in 21, uh, with those results, and then in 22. He was only there 
at the start of Thunder Valley, so he came in a little late. Um, but uh, 22, a 23, 19, 24, 14, 13, 14, 15, 13, and then a 30th. So he started to pick up consistency there, and I think that's what the HEP, uh, or I'm sorry, the uh, Muckoff team saw. And, I mean, we saw it, right? Like, we saw it at Silver Valley that he has the speed to to be there, right? So, um, I mean, he was putting pressure on Rod Bell, who we have seen has done very, very well inside the top 10s at, uh, at Pro Nationals. So... Um, or inside the top 15s, whatever, uh, in 450, you know, pro nationals. So, um, I think if he's got, if he's good on the bike and he's got it all set up for him, you know, going from a Suzuki his entire career pretty much to now a Yamaha or his entire pro career now to a Yamaha, it will be a little different for him. But I think with this, uh, amount of time and he got the time off, uh, that probably he didn't want for Supercross, but this could be good. Uh, for him moving forward and moving into this uh, 2023 250 Pro Motocross uh, Championship. The final uh, team. Oh, anything else for Club MX? No, I just want to say, uh, as far as Preston, honestly, I feel like he's going to do a lot better than people think. And here's here's why I say my theory on, on this. And you may agree. I feel like if you watch Rod Bell ride, his speed is a lot more than what his results show. Yep. And in my personal opinion, like, and watch him, him and like Preston, like race him and, and, you know, be all over him and then battle. Preston's result. If he, if he's riding like that and he has that same mindset, Oh, dude, it'll be uh, – he'll have a hell of an outdoor season. <coughs> Absolutely, I agree with you. Um, Barak Suzuki with Robbie Wageman and Dylan Schwartz both have uh, proved that they are uh, good outdoor riders, so we'll see what both riders can uh, can do there. Anything for the Barak Suzuki guys? I, I'm a Dylan Schwartz fan. I don't know why I have been – a Schwartz fan. I think it was just that year at Loretta's and the Suzuki and he got the win from, I can't even remember what the rider's name was, uh, but he was a big rider. Fry. Yes. Was it, was it Fry? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Jared Fry. Dude. I, I don't know. Just the black, just the, the black rims on the Suzuki with the black, with some of the black graphics in it, dude, it just looked really good. And I love that he was just the, the underdog you know, and, and was able to grab the win or grab an overall or uh, grab some moto wins and things like that. So, I don't know. I always have liked Dylan. His I think his uh, – it hasn't gone to plan as much as he's wanted uh, it to, but uh, he finished out, you know, obviously the Supercross season. So, I hope good things for Dylan, and I think that he can uh, maybe prove something. And same for Robbie. So, um, anything else for the Barak Suzuki team? No, I think that's it for me. All right, and uh, moving into the last team, uh, or the last two teams, I should say, is um, Red Bull Factory Racing KTM with Tom Vial and Maximus 
Voland. And uh, Tom could be that underlier that comes into play very, very hard. Um, he is a two-time MX2 world champion, and he is very good outdoors, obviously. So will Tom be a factor this year, Heavy D? Will Tom be a title contender at the end of the season? <laughs> oh, man. This is why this class is so good. It's, it's not the speed factor that it's like has me has me wondering. It, it, it's not that. It's the fact that so many other dudes and you can only finish like the the, the way the point system is and how fast the dudes are, you can only be you can only finish so far to be in that championship contention. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like <clears throat> he's another one that can go win. But it's fifteen other dudes that can go win as well, so you don't know who's gonna who's gonna be there. Because only one person can get first, only one person can get second, and only one person can get third. And so on and so forth for fourth to tenth. Yeah. It's just who who is it gonna be? Like right. and I don't feel like it's gonna be consistently the same people. I honestly feel like we're gonna be in the same situation they are they're in in GNCC right now with like seven, six, seven rounds and six, seven different winners. Yeah, I, I dude, I 100% agree with you on that statement. I, I believe we're in, grab your popcorn, grab your drinks, prepare for a battle. Prepare for a battle. It is going to get good for sure. And uh, Maximus Volan, I'm sure he's going to want to Put on a good performance uh, because the Supercross season did not go as well uh, as he had hoped, not making two mains. So I'm sure he's going to want some redemption, and I'm sure he will try his best out there in the Pro Motocross Championship. And the last team, AEO Power Sports KTM, uh, Derek Kelly and Josh Fariz. Both of these guys are California kids, so I'm sure that they're going to do pretty well. And uh, in this first round, and that's why I kind of wanted to bring him up in this uh, in this last one, because uh, Derek Kelly lives pretty much right there uh, at the track. So, um, and then obviously, of course, Josh Fares—they've both shown that they could do well outdoors. So, um, anything else? Uh, for the 250 class heavy D before we go into our predictions of the winners for this year's uh, Pro Motocross Championships? I don't know. All right. Well, we are here at the end, and we are getting into prediction times. Um, in the 450 class, Heavy D, who are you taking for this title? Oh, oh man! Golly, um, um, 
I don't know who I can take. I want. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna say Sexton. I, I mean, I, I guess I'll just take Sexton. Okay, uh, that's that's who I picked too. I, I, yeah, I pretty much had the same answer as you. I don't. I don't know why. I just have a feeling that it's just Sexton's year and he's just gonna get it done at the end of the, at the end of it. Um, he's gonna get the job done. Um, now what about the two fifty class heavy D? Uh, I'm glad that we both agreed on there. But now, what about this 250 class? At the end, oh, who, hell. Who, who do you think is going to be the 2023 250 Pro Motocross champion? Uh, oh, shoot. Um, golly. It's so hard. Oh man, this has got me off. And okay, you go, you go. Who, who, who do you want? Who, who you pick? I don't know. <laughs> I okay. I, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Go ahead. <sighs> Let me just say it'll be somebody from Star. Let me just put it like that. It's going to be somebody from Star Racing. Yeah, you know what, my, you know what, thinking about it now, um, mine is too, but I will let I will let you go first because I feel like we have two different ones. Um, maybe. I'm torn between three of them. So Hunter, right. Hunter, Justin, and who? Joe? <coughs> no, um, I'm torn between three of them from Star. Oh, I'm grabbing this title. Yeah. Oh, damn. All right. Well, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Justin Cooper. I'm gonna be that okay. guy. Okay. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be that guy, and I. I don't know. I'm just. Ba- the only reason I'm going with Justin Cooper is just because his consistency outdoors and he has shown that he can win races and for a majority of the time stay up, right? Like he was very close um, two years ago until he had the wreck going up Washougal or going up Horsepower Hill. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Cooper. Okay. Okay. So, me, I'm torn between Justin Cooper. Okay, hold on a second. I just got that all wrong. I'm torn between five of them. Oh, my God. I'm torn between, and this sounds crazy, but I've seen... All of these dudes ride in person except for one. Tom Vial. <coughs> no, no, no. Um, and him, him too, but I'm torn between oh, I Jordan. If he, if he was in your list or not. Jordan, Levi, Deegan, Gim, 
and Cooper. You think all of the, you think you think any of those guys can get can grab this title? Yeah. Only I, I'm putting um, Jordan. He got he's gotten a lot better with consistency. A, a, a pretty good, a lot you know a lot better. And I, I'm saying him because I just feel like he'll be a bit more consistent, you know, and he'll get good starts. Um, I honestly think yeah, it sounds crazy, but I do. All right. Well, I just want to hear. I just want to hear your crazy prediction on who's going to be the super. Or, the Pro Motocross 250 winner. You got to give me one. I'm going to go Guillermo. You think Fares is going to take this title? Yeah, I'm going to say Fares. Bro, holy shit. (laughs) I know people are punching their steering wheels and probably are like, (laughs) what in the fuck? Like, what? I'm going to say Fares. Holy shit. <laughs> Unbelievable. No way. Yes, I'm going to say far. All right, all right. Give me three reasons on why you think Gil and Fares is going to take this 250 Pro Motocross title. Well, one, you, you got to think. None of these guys have raced him, raced him. I mean, they raced them, what, three rounds last year? Some of them did. Yep. And he came over here and rode, I literally never rode a Yamaha until he came over here. I'm pretty sure. He rode a KTM overseas. Yep. And he did hella good on it. Now, all he did, all he's done is ride outdoors. He's learned to bike. He's, like, actually got to sit back and see, like, what they can do if he sit back and he tests. Like all he all he's done is just ride. He hadn't had to work. His job has been ride a dirt bike, grind grind some outdoors. Oh dude, while they're riding supercross, he's out here docking down thirties. Coming off a ninth at Bud's for his first race on the on the star bike and a eleventh <coughs> at Ironman. And he, I, didn't, I'm going. he didn't do the last two. But his team did finish six overall at Motocross of Nations with his help. So Yeah. So uh but that is the craziest, uh d- definitely the wildest one, and I think you're probably the point oh 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 one percent of people that would pick him for this title. Oh yeah. I mean I got people picking Deacon and some other ones, but I, I'm going farm. I, I mean, it's sometimes you see some of them you like their style, you like how they ride. Like they come over here, they ain't got nothing to lose except they just want to go. They all he knows is he's come over here, and I guarantee he loves it. So he ain't trying to go back to that regular job. No, guarantee not. He's loving the farm down there, one hundred percent. So unbelievable! Wow. Okay, so we both have Sexton for the 450 title and uh, me and you both have Monster Energy Yamaha Star Racing Riders to win the title but just different different riders um, I have Justin Cooper and Heavy D hit us with a wild one today of Gil and Fares. so 
man, uh, unbelievable. And we have wrapped up pretty much everything. Is there anything that we missed, Heavy D? Anything from the broadcast to the <coughs> halftime report thing? Anything at all? Any rants? Anything that you want them to fix throughout the year? Or you pretty good? Nah, dude, I'm pretty good. Ready to... I'm re- uh, it's time to go uh, to the Outdoor Nationals. It is the great outdoors. Oh, it's time to take it outside. Absolutely. And thank you guys very much for joining us on this special edition episode of the 2023 Pro Motocross Championship pre-race or pre-season pod I should say uh, heading into round number one at Fox Raceway this weekend and before we go we have to thank all of the sponsors on board here at Imperative MX and on ImperativeMX.com West Virginia Motorsports FXR Dirt Industries Custom Graphics Silver Valley MX Park Hydropower, Mika Metals, Total Control Racing Suspensions, and PR Motorsports. All right. From myself, host Zach Newberry, and co-host Heavy D, it's time to take it outdoors. Peace. Later.